0: Hello my beautiful children <laughs> That's not what I would refer to Listeners of this show as um, Somebody come up with a name for that For, for the listeners Film Junkies Preferably maybe not drug related I know that that might be a, an inferred thing With the name of the show but Hey we're off to a hot start On uh, this episode of Film Junkies with Griffin Friends um, This week no friends for me I uh took a couple weeks off so i could spend some time with friends i uh went on a couple trips went camping went out of state did some fun things had a good time and unfortunately that left you all with less content from the podcast so i'm sorry about that but um i had a great time and i enjoyed it i enjoyed the break but we're back at it now, and if you saw the video this week, you know what this episode is about. If you read the description on Spotify or Apple Podcasts before you played this, you know what it's about. But I'm going to let you know again anyway. This episode of the podcast is going to be all about my top five must-see, because they're still in theaters right now, movies of the summer so far. Let me just reclarify for everybody who didn't see it in the video, or even if you did see it, I know that there's more than five movies that have come out this summer. I know that there's some that you saw that you probably liked more than the five that I've seen. Either I saw those movies and I thought they were bad, or I haven't seen those movies yet, so don't yell at me, because I can't see every movie all the time. Sorry about it. But this episode is going to be all about five specific films that I've seen this summer that I really liked and thought were worth me wasting my breath on and for all of you hearing me talk about it. I guess the breath isn't wasted, that you guys listening might be wasted. Running in circles here. Anyway, it's been a couple weeks, I'm, I'm a little rusty on the podcasting, um, but bear with me guys because we're going to jump right into it after I let you know that uh, I'm thinking about making some changes with the podcast here. Not anything crazy, same name, same me, same format with the guests and everything, Um, but we might have a new introduction song coming shortly, that's riveting information I'm sure for all of you, I know you've all been waiting to to hear a change to that. But. (laughs) that's something that I want to do because I like to always change this and make it into something that I think is is getting better every episode that I release, and uh, that might be a part of it, but um, nonetheless, the way I want to do this episode, as I mentioned, the ones uh, that I do as solo episodes, because if you haven't figured it out yet, I don't have a guest on this one, um, I'm going to be talking about um, essentially like my immediate reaction from watching these films, uh, diving more into what I thought about them, uh, specifically... I'm not going to do any spoilers for any of these films that I talk about. Uh, I'm just going to you know, reiterate my ratings for them, give you a few facts as always, the plot summary, all that, uh, and then we're going to get into, from when I was watching them, why they stuck out to me as a good movie, um, from the way they were made, from what they're about, uh, things that went on that don't give away the plot of them that, that essentially let you know why I think that they're good. So, that's what we're going to jump into, and... At the end of this episode, I'll be giving you, as promised, um, some titles to look out for that might either be in theaters as of now, or they're coming out still this summer that I think you should watch out for and probably go see. So, moving on, we're going to jump into my picks. Starting at number five, Rocket Man. This film is one that I loved um, as you guys have heard me talk about, I was pretty nitpicky of Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I guess one part of it is because I'm a big Queen fan. Another part is because I thought that it was, um, fairly thrown together. And that's because, um, you know, the, the editor of the film had to try and scrape some things together, you know, considering the fact that the director of the film was fired, um, from making it kind of halfway through. And that's something that, uh. I can live with because he is a bad person. The reason he's gotten fired, you can look up and figure that out and decide for yourself whether or not you think he's a bad person, but if you don't, then you're wrong. (laughs) So, Rocket Man is a film uh, that, if you don't know what it's about, it's covering uh, the life of Elton John. The IMDb uh, description is a musical fantasy about the fantastical human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. That's exactly what it is—a musical fantasy. The way that this film is created uh, stuck out for me from the very beginning scene uh, and took me through a a very joyous ride. Well, he's—it's a, a there's a lot of sad elements, but I mean, my my overall experience with the film, um, I was very happy with the way that it turned out. Um, from head to toe, the way that you're experiencing these things is definitely through Elton John's eyes. And that's exactly how I think a film about a musician should be created is through exactly how that artist felt um, in those periods that they're bringing to screen. Uh, And an incredible performance from Taron Egerton in this film who plays Elton John. I'd like to point out that he sang all all of his own songs for the film which cannot be said for uh, Rami Malik in Bohemian Rhapsody, although he did sing some. It was combined with a um, Freddie Mercury impersonator, as well as a um, some recordings of Freddie Mercury's actually actual voice, and they kind of mixed all three of those uh, audios together to create one sound. Which for me, just give me Taron because he stole the show in Rocket Man. Um, this film definitely should get some uh, noteworthy praise come award season at least for him in my opinion because as i said he carries the show here and shows us exactly uh, what a film about a musician should look like in my opinion um, as i talked about in the video this film is very good although it is my number five that's that's saying something still, uh that I narrowed it down to five movies and I um, was able to put this one up there. It's got an eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes, seven point seven on IMDB. I rated it at, at an eighty seven percent. Um and that is um you know, a good rate I mean I didn't rate uh Bohemian Rhapsody very high. <laughs> and so this one uh definitely stuck out to me as a film that I think is worthy of praise and, and definitely uh left a lasting impact on me um because this is a category that i love to see films from um i'm a huge fan of of music and so anything about music uh film related i'm I'm gonna definitely be first in line for and um elton john has super high praise for Taron Edgerton as well said that, um, hearing him sing his songs, he did the best rendition of his music that he's ever heard from anyone, which is obviously incredibly high praise. Um, and Elton actually told Taron not to copy him too much in the film and to make his own version out of it. So kind of laying more into that, um, fantasy aspect of things where they did follow along, um, pretty well chronologically with the way that his, uh, his career went and talking about specific notable things that happened throughout his career and um, diving really emotionally into those things. I was, I was a large fan of this film uh, and definitely would recommend it to anyone above Bohemian Rhapsody. So moving on to my number four pick, I have Smart. This film is one, another one that I said Man, I, uh, I love this. It's one that uh, some people might refer to as uh, reminiscent of uh, Superbad or a film like this. It is a comedy film. Uh, it was actually the di- directorial debut of the actress Olivia Wilde. Um, and to give you, again, the IMDb uh, plot summary... On the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realized they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. And that's exactly what they do, folks. <laughs> uh, this film has a 97% of Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.4 on IMDb, and I gave it an 89%. Um, you got some good names here, Jason Sudeikis, the husband of Olivia Wilde, plays the principal in here, Um, but he is a side character, uh, as well as Lisa Kudrow as the mother of a main character, and Will Forte as the father of Molly, um, who I mentioned is played by Beanie Feldstein, who is actually Jonah Hill's younger sister, Um, Caitlin Dever is the other main character who plays Amy, Uh, look, this film is phenomenal, I, like, I can't think of a a comedy film that I've seen in um, this year, at least or in recent time that I thought was more well done. Um, Yeah, sure. There's comedy films that go strictly to make you laugh and have those one liner jokes. But as far as an actual film, uh, this is one that encompasses everything that you would want to see out of a complete storytelling uh, and, and then adds aspects of comedy to it. And so you get that coming of age story while laughing throughout it. Um, and I just, the way that it came together is incredible, Olivia Wilde said that The Breakfast Club, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Dazed to Confuse, and Clueless were all inspiration for this film, and I see uh, reminiscent of all of those, uh, you can throw it in there for me as films that I would definitely recommend to people to um, add to their list if you're looking for something that Uh, can both take you back to high school and also see a new age of people uh, in that position and and a new look on that story Um, and it's one that uh, definitely opened my eyes to these main leading actresses and I hope to see them in uh, projects in the future because I think that both of them are very talented and um, bring a lot to the table as far as their acting ability so Now we can move on to my next pick, number three. Jumping into the Marvel Universe here, Spider-Man Far From Home. Let me start out by saying this. You guys know I did a whole other episode about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You heard how much I love that movie. This Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, is the best live-action Spider-Movie ever made i can't say enough good things about spider-man far from home about tom holland as peter parker Um, this is another addition to the marvel movies that have been released that i think you can watch without having to be a lifelong uh investor in comic books or uh, superhero content it's like just a great film regardless um of your inclination to like superheroes and Like I said, I did make the distinction that it's the best live-action Spider-Man movie ever because I still think that Spider-Verse might be my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time, just because it was so different than anything uh, we've ever seen as far as Spider-Man is concerned as a character, Um, but without a doubt, hands down, live-action films, you want your money's worth and more spider-man far from home uh definitely go see in that one um so this film actually follows the events of avengers endgame uh where spider-man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever um we see tom holland like i said as peter parker marissa tomei coming back as may parker who uh is great in this role we have jake gyllenhaal who I have a huge man crush on, and he definitely doesn't drop the ball uh, in this film. Samuel L. Jackson, back again as Nick Fury, uh, reprising that role, actually setting a record for most appearances by a Marvel character um, in consecutive movies and in the most amount of movies in one year as the same character. Uh, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, back again. Zendaya as MJ. It's a great film. Got a great cast. J.B. Smoove makes an appearance. He's always funny. Um, and they all come together to give us a film that has several different plot lines in it, which I really respect because um, it's not just about Spider-Man beating up a bad guy or dealing with some neighborhood threat. Like, you have the love story, you have the high school coming-of-age story, you have the Superman story, and then you have this whole travel um Plot line underneath everything, and uh, it all comes together very nicely in my opinion, and gives you a film that is one hundred percent worth watching and um, sticks out to me as one of the better ones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, um, and is one of my top five of the summer. Obviously, like I said, one of the, one of the best uh, Spider-Man movies, top two Spider-Man movies of all time. So check this one out for sure obviously, I mean, I got it at a 93%, so we're up there, Uh, and this one is the final movie in phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it wraps it up beautifully, exactly what I was hoping for, and more out of this uh, film, and it does a excellent job of setting us up for phase four for uh, the MCU, because um, we've been given a lot of these characters, and um have lost a few of them as we've seen in recent movies uh and now we're in a place where things are being done in these films that are that have been released at the end of this phase three to definitely set up a very solid phase four which i am super excited about so check that one out for sure um and then moving on to my number two movie of the summer so far Toy Story 4. We're not going to do a whole separate episode about this one, guys. I know some of you might have thought so, considering the fact that um, I like to talk about Pixar more than most people like to talk about movies in general. (laughs) And so... um, I will say, I saw this one twice in the theaters so far, it's only been out for a couple weeks now, Uh, so obviously it's good enough to see it twice, it's good enough to be in my top five of the summer, it's a Toy Story movie, it's not going to let you down, alright, it's an incredible film, Uh, I will preface it with this, it's not my favorite of all four Toy Story movies, look, it's still better than most of the movies that you watch, however, toy story 3 is still my top toy story film and uh that's all i'm gonna say about that like i said no spoilers i'm not gonna divulge too much into uh crazy things that happen in toy story 4 but i will say this um i'm glad that it's a part of this uh story now uh, it's gotten some incredible reviews and 97% around tomatoes, 8.5 on IMDB, uh, and 84% on Metacritic, which I want to point out. Cause I always talk about the fact that they're pretty stingy on their reviews. Um, and then I have it at 95%. And then, as I mentioned, my fun fact about it from the video was about the Pizza Planet truck. It's on the back of the leg of the carnival worker. It's when you're following Buzz, he gets shot around, and then he uh, ends up by porta potties. Dude opens the door of porta potty on the back of the dude's leg that walks out of there. So, take a look at that. That's not that's not a spoiler just helping you out, because I saw it twice, I went and saw it with Cassie, my girlfriend, she didn't notice it, so I feel, feel like a lot of people probably won't notice it, I wanted to point it out, um, also saw it with my mom opening night, that's a little tradition, we've seen I think every Toy Story movie together in theaters now, so uh, hey, if they make a fifth one, I'm there for it too with you mom, front row, not really, front row is the absolute worst seat to have in all of a movie theater, so middle of the middle row, <laughs> um, and so i obviously can talk about this film a lot um, but there's you know just some some real nostalgia and some uh, tying in of characters in this film to older ones and uh, to older films and characters obviously we have a, the returning of a few different characters from previous films and uh, everyone kind of meshes together very well in my opinion as well as the addition of those new characters too mainly forky played by Tony Hale just hilarious like such an incredible character to write such a wonderful job casting for everyone in this film i cannot say that enough obviously from the beginning with tim allen and tom hanks as woody and buzz annie potts as Bo peep all those you know people that we have have done a great job but then we had the addition of keegan michael key and jordan peele as ducky and bunny christina Hendricks as gabby gabby tony hale as forky keanu reeves as duke kaboom i mean there's some great additions to this film and the fact that they can bring so many powerhouse characters to these films time and again just shows like how important they are um and just a great job bringing this story to the big screen um and letting us relive those characters in a new story um have some things change that we haven't seen in the previous films and uh, do so in a way that obviously is emotional because if Toy Story is one thing it's emotional uh, throughout all of the films and this one definitely um, pulls on some some heartstrings for me but as I mentioned I still think that uh, Toy Story 3 is my favorite but nonetheless Toy Story 4 get out there and see it it's my number two film in my top five so far this summer and now we're gonna move on to my number one avengers endgame look guys as i mentioned in the video i know some of you might say that movie didn't come out in the summertime It doesn't count you're wrong stop talking this is my podcast not yours um this movie was re-released this during the summer. Whether you want to argue with me about when the uh, lunar and solar schedule tells you summer begins, uh, this film has been re-released. It's in theaters currently for a second time with additional uh, never-before-seen scenes in it as well as some additional stuff about Spider-Man. Um, and they're wanting to re-release it because it made so much money. It's ridiculous when it first got released. Broke several records as far as opening weekend and highest grossing and all that. Uh, and it's the number two grossing film of uh, all time. But they want to re-release it to try and pass Avatar to win that spot. So make sure and go see that so you can help them pass that. Because if there's one thing Disney needs, it's money. They're a very struggling um, movie production studio. I know a lot of you probably haven't heard of them. But... Um, I'm kidding, Disney doesn't need more money, but they do need to keep making movies like this, because Avengers Endgame was incredible, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.7 on IMDb, 96% from me. As I said in the video, your fun fact is the first film to reach over a billion dollars during its opening weekend in theaters, it's over 2 billion dollars now, it's just just trucking along, raking in everybody's money, yeah, I saw it 3 times in theaters, what do you want from me, sorry, I love superheroes. But this one's sad too, man. There's some stuff in there that tugs at the heartstrings as well. Um, You know, it picks up with your plot summary here. After the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to reverse Thanos' actions and restore balance to the universe. That's me snapping like Thanos because everyone wants to be Thanos, right? No, he's a bad guy. No one should want to be like him. But Josh Brolin, great job. I love you. You're awesome, as Thanos. Great character. Um, and obviously, we have a ridiculously huge cast in this movie. Every film that they add to the MCU breaks that record for most superheroes you've ever seen in a film before. And uh, this one does so in a great way. And just kind of, it's amazing to me how they can have so many big name actors and actresses on screen at once and not have people just hating each other and have it work. Smoothly, Um, I was talking to Keaton the other day about it, how you see a lot of these films that'll come out that have a ton of huge names and that's what draws you in and then you go and see it and it's like, "Mm, everybody wanted to be the star of the show and it didn't work out very well. And somehow Marvel has figured out how to um, avoid that and I think it might be because of all the solo movies as well, which funny enough, uh, several of those were being filmed at the same time as Avengers Endgame. Uh, one of those being Ant-Man and the Wasp, same time as as Endgame. Uh, actually, um, Captain Marvel was filmed after Brie Larson filmed her scenes for Endgame, so she had no idea what she was even filming because she hadn't even filmed her own movie yet, so she didn't understand where she was coming in and her backstory, and she's done some funny interviews talking about that, so um, I checked those out, and um, they actually shot Endgame and Infinity War back to back over a period of 200 days and so um, they did a great job considering how much they did in such a short time but uh, this film is one that I think probably might be my favorite um, in the cinematic or the Marvel Cinematic Universe thus far. Those 23 movies that we've had I think that this one might top the charts for me just because they keep getting better every time that they add another one uh, to the uh, the list, and they've got a Marvel and Disney have this formula figured out. They know how to make a good movie, and I always am here to watch them. I'll be I'll be front row every time. And <laughs> like I said, I saw this one I think three times in theaters, and uh, every time I saw it, I loved it, enjoyed every bit of it. Um, obviously, it's the number one on my my list for movies to see so far this summer. And I did see some movie this summer this summer that I didn't love, and. You know what? I'm gonna let you know some of those right now. One of them being Aladdin. Not a huge fan, man. Um, I'm a I am a big fan. Don't get me wrong. Of uh, the live action reboots that they're doing a lot of these classic films, um, and that's because I just think that uh, there's a way to do these stories and bring them to life in a way that you can even more picture yourself being in the in the film. Um, Rather than you know something animated, which can take a little bit away from the uh, reality of it all, um, but I definitely thought that Aladdin could have been better. Um, you know, you can't beat Robin Williams as the original genie, but Will Smith does a decent job um, making his own version of it. Um, and I don't know. I just you know it was okay, but it wasn't great. I'm not gonna be out recommending it to people. Um, that that might be the only film that I've seen this summer that I really didn't really enjoy. Um, there were some that I saw this summer that I really liked that, uh, I just liked less than these five I talked about, uh, Shot being one of them that actually came out like in May. Um, but that one is with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, where she is running for president and he is her speechwriter and, you know, um, it's kind of a love story. That's a hilarious film. I would definitely check that one out if you're looking for a comedy but watch Smart first because it's better. <laughs> um, Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. That's actually a really funny movie. I really enjoyed that one. Um, check that one out if you're at home looking for something to watch on Netflix. Um, and then as far as films that are either out right now that I haven't seen yet and want to or ones that are coming soon, you should watch out for. First of all, Yesterday. That's a film that's out. Uh, Now it's uh, an interesting story related to uh, the Beatles. Um, An accident happens. Everybody in the world except one guy forgets who the Beatles were and all their songs. Um, And he then creates his own massively successful career on pretending that he's writing all of their songs. Um, I'm actually going to be watching that one tonight. So hopefully I enjoy that because I'm a big Beatles fan. They're the best band ever in the history of music. And if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. It's my podcast. You can't argue with me um, and so I'm definitely excited for that one, uh, it's gotten mixed reviews, but hey, that's why you watch movies, so you can give your own review, um, another movie that is out now, um, that I haven't seen yet, but I've heard great things, John Wick 3, um, that one's with Halle Berry now, featured uh, alongside Keanu, I've heard it's the best of the three, um, of, of those films, definitely want to check that one out, Midsummer. That's one that just came out, I believe, this past week. Uh, It is a horror film. Um, It's been labeled as that. Gotten pretty good reviews. Um, It's about a couple who travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's uh, midsummer festival. And then it turns into some crazy stuff. Jordan Peele, who I love, who made Get Out and Us, has just raved about this film. And if he says something good about it, it's probably a good film. So check that one out if you're into horror films um the last black man in san francisco that's a film out now more of an art film um haven't seen that one yet so i can't give you my review but it it looks like one that um i would definitely enjoy and, and seems like one that if you're into art films something like um ones we've seen in the past like uh if beale street could talk things along those lines it seems similar and so check that one out then speaking of Uh, films that are live action remakes the lion king comes out in a month or so very excited about that one it's directed by john favreau who uh, directed the jungle book live action film which i loved Um, so definitely get in line for that one another film that i've heard great things about is called the farewell Um, that one features aquafina who uh, is a rapper turned actress she's very good Um, and it's about a Chinese family who discovers their grandmother has only a short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark, scheduling a wedding to gather before she dies. Uh, that film's actually sitting at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So obviously people are loving that one. Um, I think, I believe that one comes out in this next month or so here. So check that out. Um, and then my film I'm most anticipating this summer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Look, it's Quinn Tarantino's ninth film uh i'm a huge tarantino fan one of the best directors to ever do it everything he puts out i'm a fan of and i cannot wait to add another film to my collection from him probably going to end up buying a poster for it because i have no self-control and i love movies and i love quentin tarantino so definitely check that one out um and then later in august i don't know if you consider august the summer or not um end of august maybe early october depending on when they give us a solid date but the joker film is supposed to be coming out with joaquin phoenix playing that title role. That just looks thrilling. I'm very, very excited about that one. Um, up there on the top of my list of ones that you definitely should check out. Woo, deep breath. Made it back. A couple weeks off, guys. I uh, needed to come back strong here. And instead of just reviewing one movie, I figured I'd give you five of them and then go in and ramble about a few more. So hopefully, uh, if you're still listening, if you didn't shut me off because I lost all my magic over that two-week break, um, I appreciate you guys sticking with me um and we're going to be hitting it back again next week getting back onto those one film reviews where I dive further into things and uh let you know why it is I love movies and prove it to you by diving into them uh on this podcast. So uh once again thank you guys for listening to Film Junkies the Griffin friends. Hope you're enjoying your summer and check out those movies I talk about this episode and uh definitely mark your calendars for the ones I mentioned cuz I'm excited for all of them. All right, see ya.